thank you for joining tonight on Group Therapy Podcast. Today we have, um, okay, legitimately, I-, I love this band, but we have the lead singer David Alvin from the band White Trash. Uh, d- tell us about yourself, David. Well, I'm a hardworking uh, young lad <laughs> who thirty uh, something years ago uh, was on MTV with uh, Apple Pie. I might have slept with some of your kids' uh, mothers back in the day, so sorry about that. <laughs> now I'm just a regular old guy yelling at clouds. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I got lucky. I found the White Trash album uh, cassette. Cassette. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to specify that. Um, That's making a comeback. Yeah. And, uh, well, so is vinyl, but I've got vinyl, I've got cassettes. The cassette is literally in a box tucked away, but I I do have my CD. This, 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 I got a couple years later. Yes. I've got Those are hard to find. Yeah. And I had your second album and somewhere along the line in a move or something, it's missing. So I don't know what the hell happened there. But uh, uh, the, I, I used to be friends with with uh, the manager at at a record town, which for those that don't know became Fye. Uh, and he's oh. like, he's like, hey, he goes, have you heard of this band? And this is before you were on MTV. This this is like uh, maybe oh, really? uh, God, I want to say about a month, maybe ish. But he's like, hey, you got to check this out. And I was like, all right, because I always trusted his his judgment because he knew what I listened to. And I got that cassette and I'm like, man, this, this is great. I put on my Walkman and uh, I was, uh, uh, you know, and listening to it. I put it in my car, in my truck at the time. And I was like, man, I love this. And then the video hit. And then it was like, you know, holy crap, these guys are huge, man. These guys are going to be big. <laughs> And um, I, 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 I love this album. The I, good I mean, old days. Yeah, the good old days when it was uh, legitimately, I would my, I had my truck tape deck. So I'd put my truck and listen to it. And you'd have to eject it, right. flip it over and put it back in. <laughs> we need the auto reverse. You need the, the tech with the auto reverse. Yeah. I, I had a, this is going to take, I had an 81 Chevy Love truck. So <laughs> this thing was old when I got it. Um, cool. And uh, <laughs> listen to this album on repeat all the time. And then, like I said, you, you blew up on MTV. Um, and um, I, I, the one thing I, I got to ask, because I can't remember if I'm remembering correctly. Wasn't, was it the cr- crawl? Wasn't that the intro to a, a TV show? Didn't you do it? Yeah, John Stewart. Yeah, that's what John- I thought. And Yeah. And and I'm sitting there going, is and I, I'm like legitimately looking up. I'm like, I remember them having a song that was an intro to something. And then yeah. I was like, was it John Stewart? Yeah, John Stewart. And um, man, it, it was it was a fun band. You guys Yes, lots yeah. of fun. I, I don't know, um, you know, because because what you see and then what you actually experience with being in the band, you guys legit like you look like you were having a blast. I've seen the oh, yeah. concert footage and stuff. And for those who don't know, it was um, 
it was a a, a, a metal band that had a brass section and right. uh, uh was it was it was it badass brass i think yeah the badass brass <laughs> that i remember that is insane uh <laughs> on the second album was the half-ass brass because we didn't have all the guys and it was funny because i i found you on facebook and i i had posted because i think i posted one time that i didn't understand i always thought if you were like maybe five to six years too early because if yeah the timing was way off for us that's that's a common theme yeah. <laughs> with white trash we're always in the we're always in the right place at the wrong time you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. and and the the because right around the time you guys kind of you know disappeared that's when all that music hit that's when the the rock with the with the with the brass section hit and i was like man i was like yeah where are these guys at and then i you know then of course you know the internet started getting bigger and then I found out that yeah. you guys unfortunately broke up for a while. It was... Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, there's a long um, winding road with this band. <laughs> so the first band, um, yeah, go ahead. You want me to start with the, the first yeah. band? Yeah. So, you know, we all uh, were friends. Like we lived across the street from each other, literally, you know, in uh, Fresh Meadows, Queens, New York, you know. And um, Aaron and Ethan lived across the street. And the original drummer was Buzz, which was one of the songs, Buzz. Um, uh, but he didn't play on the album. But he, he was the original guy, Andy Lang. And he lived around the corner from me. So, I mean, literally, one guy here, two guys there, me in the middle. So, you know, we played on and off. Our first time we really played together was at, at Aaron's Bar Mitzvah. So, he was 13. There's a video on YouTube of it somewhere too. It's uh, you know, we're doing like breaking the law and uh, yeah, uh, oh, living after midnight, I think, you know. But um, so we, you know, we grew up together, you know, went to school together, and uh, Andy, the original drummer, um, wound up moving on and, and doing other things. So when we were in high school, we. Uh, Aaron's classmate was Mike Calderella. I actually had a class with him too. He became the drummer. The horn players were in band class with Aaron. So this was, you know, the Queen's experience. Like we didn't go any further than flushing. Like <laughs> that was it. Because otherwise our moms had to take us <laughs> you know, <laughs> too far away. We couldn't make rehearsals. So that's the original crew. And like you said, it was just about partying hard. <laughs> in those days and that's you know uh, the album cover was supposed to be like the artwork for animal house and that was sort of like how i was living my life just you know you know partying hard <laughs> and yeah. luckily i had these guys who were awesome musicians to make me look a little more talented than i was in those days and uh i just was like the mc and um yeah that's how it all got started yeah, it, it's it's funny because you know I, I always thought it was I I don't I don't want to sound bad here it, it, I always thought your band seemed like you you happen to have friends that were the band geeks in high school and so you had a band yeah. and you're like hey my buddies <laughs> over here are are, are many places they they, they want to be in the band too. <laughs> 
and but uh, it, is, it is sort of like that, I guess. But <laughs> um, and you always had the 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 your I lack better term. Your gimmick was you always wore your suits with the tie yeah. and, the, and the whole nine yards, and I thought that was yeah. Um. Sorry, my, my wife was texting me. Sorry, give me a pause. Oh, that's okay. Um, but you, you guys had something. Like I said, just fuzz too early. You had the suits. You had the 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 the, the brass section. You had the metal. And yeah. now, now did you, did you have like? Because you said you played the bar mitzvah and you played metal. Um, you played Judas Priest. Yeah. Was Judas Priest like your break, like the band you found that made you want to be in a band, or was it just? You know, that was definitely you know uh, when I was growing up, um, like I like disco stuff, you know, like uh, <laughs> I mean, I you know I started first records I had were like Richard Pryor and Cheech and Chong albums. I had comedy records, <laughs> but the first actual record I'm sorry that I had was uh, a Jimi Hendrix "Access Bold as Love." I'm like a huge Hendrix fan. And the first song I remember hearing as a kid is Purple Haze on the radio. I'm just thinking that was the coolest thing. Like just the tone of his voice and the sounds and everything. And my, my uncle used to babysit me when I was a kid. And he was into like Cream and Hendrix and early Zeppelin and, and, and a lot of electric blues stuff. So he was a big influence, of, you know, on me uh, and what I started to listen to. Right. So grew up with that. Started listening to comedy records and then, you know, disco, you know, Saturday Night Fever, Bee Gees, all that stuff. And then I remember being in a car with my mom driving somewhere and uh, you got another thing coming came on the radio. So that was like, I think the song that made me go, oh, like, oh, that's cool. And then, you know, <laughs> God help me after that. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, we started out as like a lot of guys did in those days. You know, we were listening to... Priest and Maiden, you know, Van Halen. Um, and then, you know, later Motley Crue was the entrance into all, the, all of that stuff from Wasp. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I listened to everything. Saxon, you know, you name it back then, the good old, you know, before all the, the ballads came in and everything got all sappy and a little too glammy. It was like, you know, I was a metalhead in high school. You know, I was the metalhead, you know, with the guys who hung out back of the cafeteria smoking cigarettes with the, with the real cheesy long hair and you know <laughs> the, the feathered hair and everything so um we uh we all listened to that and we were in a couple of bands we were in a band called wired before it was white trash before that it was blade and it was always me uh ethan and aaron and the drummer changed a lot you know and then um we started doing white trash we didn't have horns at this point. We were still, but we now we were writing our own stuff, you know, and uh, we wound up getting Mike and we always put a premium on trying to be like original, try to do something different, you know, with the stage show. Um, again, the suits, you know, I got that because I liked all the blues guys, you know, I thought it was cool to wear the suit. Um, and, uh, you know, the horns came from that too. Like Albert King um, used a lot of horns. I was like, those stacks records where he had like you know it was like his backing band was booker t and the mgs basically so yeah. that stuff still is amazing sonically and musically and everything so i thought that would be cool that sort of kind of 
image, but it was hard to do because we didn't know horn players at first. So we started off, we had like, uh, we got some girls to be like backup singers, which Motley Crue did later on, but um, they were like uh, cute girls, but they really couldn't sing. And they just got like drunk at the show, like girl drunk, and they just like were falling down and we're like, all right, well, that's cool, but that didn't work so good. They were called the Love Dogs. <laughs> so it was White Trash and the Love Dogs. And then, you know, we were talking about, and then, you know, I started trying to learn harmonica and kind of, you know, Aerosmith it up and with stuff. Um, and then, uh, you know, we were all into the Blues Brothers movie and all that. And we started talking about the horns. And um, Aaron was like, well, I, I you know, there's these guys I play with in high school band class, you know, I could ask them if they want to do it. So they went, he asked them and they were like, sure, why not? And uh, they jumped in. And that really um, clicked, you know, it, I mean, it was kind of a gimmick in the beginning, but we, you know, we got more um, into the arrangements as we went along. And that really just clicked everything into gear because it was something that really made us stand out from the other bands, you know, that like nobody had a horn section, right? Like, you know, people played harmonica, maybe somebody had their girlfriend singing backup vocals, but nobody had a full horn section. So that really... Um, you know, helped us make our mark and kind of get something going. Yeah, because that that horn part in the bit where the dun, 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 yeah, that is so damn catchy. That is, that is yep. just uh, that that hooks you, and you're just like, all right, all right, I'm I'm in for the rest of the song. So <laughs> it yep. you got that's uh. uh that's the horn part that, you know, <laughs> got the party started. <laughs> I'm no, sorry, you broke up there? Yeah, I got, I got. I think I got you back there. It, yeah, uh, I got you now. Yep. Uh, I think there's, a, like I said, I think there's a storm coming in. I think I might, it might be a, a little a little bit of a shorter interview, unfortunately. Hopefully. No, that's okay. Whatever yeah. works. Yeah. It's all good. Um, now, I don't... With being white trash and going out and touring, and you were at the 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 cusp of the, the quote unquote hair metal, yeah, the the beginning of grunge and like the 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 you know the thrash metal era, and then there's just you, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, you probably got put on some weird tours, you know, because. Yeah, well, so it was a kind of a weird thing because we came up through, you know, the metal scene. Mm -hmm. But by the time we had kind of put together the material with the horns, we had changed and evolved musically to where we really weren't hair metal anymore. I mean, we were like, you know, I was still a pretty young guy <laughs> at that time. You know, I was still a poser with the suit and everything. So I had that look and I had the mic stand with the made out of beer cans and, you know, just gimmicks up the wazoo, you know, it was yeah. like, nothing could be normal. Like, you know what I mean? We had, to, we had to put our stamp on everything, which I, you know, still love that idea. But when you're, when you're trying to be that unique and that different, it's very hard to put you into it like a specific category. So for some reason we were in this hair metal because it was big at the time and we kind of yeah. looked like that. And we had, you know, Ethan was like a, you know, could shred with the best of them. So we had like, you know, the components to be like a major hair metal band, you know? Um, 
But we brought in all this funk stuff. You know, Aaron was a great funk player. You know, Aaron and Mike were like more into like chili peppers and stuff like that. Whereas me and Ethan, I think were more Aerosmith at that, you know, Guns N' Roses at that time, right? And so we, you know, it, it formed like a really cool um, uh, marriage of ideas, you know. But because there was, it didn't like just fit here. Like, we weren't doing the power ballads that were starting to like dominate. And we were somewhere in the middle are different than us, but they were not strictly categorized. You had Fishbone. You know, so there was stuff going on in those days, but it was it was hard. You know, we had to tour on our own a lot because we didn't really fit with a lot of acts. And plus, and then we'd play with other acts and we'd get into fights with them and stuff. So it was it was a uh, it was a little wild. Yeah, it's, it, it's funny because you know watching you know all these bands back in the in the in the in the early '90s into the 2000s when they just didn't know where to put people. And so there was these weird yeah. tours, and and that's what I kind of you know because I one of my favorite ones was I saw the Bloodhound Gang open for Guar, so <laughs> there you go. You know I, that's about as different as you can get. Um, but you know, like I said, you guys very very different style from what was going on at the time, uh, but very much in the party have fun genre yeah. of music and you know because because you weren't like i said you weren't hair metal at all there was no vastly different and um you know it was funny because i was listening to it recently and um somebody was like man what, what do you listen to i was like i listen to white trash and they're like is that, is that a hair band i was like that's uh mm. <laughs> the, <laughs> Yeah, uh, listen to it. Just just listen to the CD and tell me. <laughs> but that's what it is for us. That's always been the stumbling block because when you have ra um, radio, when you have uh, record companies, when you have promotion, it's much easier. You know, so like our management, you know, you know, they came up with the tag like four college dropouts and a horn section. You know, that was like, the, you know, except we, you know, guys had gone to college. It was, you know, it wasn't really that. But, you know, they were trying to figure out, like, well, how do we market this? You know what I mean? And part of, um, you know, our management, our management at the time uh, was Q Prime that did Metallica and Def Leppard and Chili Peppers and uh, Queensryche at the time. And, you know, they've done everybody like their major management company. But they really kind of at a certain point were like pushing really, you know, like to just go more straight up rock. Cause I think that they didn't know what to do with us really. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, so it, it presented a lot of problems, even though we were, you know, proud of what we feel like we invented, <laughs> you oh, know yeah. what I mean? And, um, and, and it did influence other stuff. And, you know, obviously we didn't come up with horns or hard rock and horns, but, you know, we, I, you know, I still feel it's a unique album and it was just, we came out at a time that was kind of the end of one scene. And then by the time the second album came out, you know, grunge had hit and, you know, the party band thing really wasn't in vogue anymore. And because we were kind of part of that hair metal scene, we kind of got fairly like unfairly dismissed, like, oh, the, these poser guys, which we did look like that. But my point is, you know, the guys really could play all of them. It wasn't it wasn't just gimmicky. It was like a legit 
you know, yeah. band, you know. Yeah, there, there, there is a just a lot of talent on this album. And I mean, you, if you listen to it, you know, I guess in a bubble and it distanced yourself yeah. from the fact that people said it was hair metal or this, that you look at it as an entity onto itself. And yeah, people just like, yeah, you know, I, I like I said, I remember hooking somebody on to this within the last few years there. I'm like, have you ever heard of, you know, band called white trash white trash is it you know i'm like no. it was yeah. this man yeah and of course i always said that this band would have been huge had they come out and they're like what? and i let him listen to it i said just listen to it tell me what you think and he's like man that's that's a good album and i'm like yeah i know <laughs> i was like these guys Thank had you. talent and uh they're they're fun and i was like and that was when you when i realized well, you guys been going come back for a while at that point, but I didn't know that you had kind of come back at that point. But I, I found you on, uh, like I said, found you on Facebook, and I was I was so happy yeah. that we kept that secret. Yeah, <laughs> I was so happy to find out that White Trash was still like you know together and putting out music and finding stuff on YouTube and 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 I was like, man, damn, this is awesome. So it's good to see you guys still still out there playing and having a good time. Yeah, it it you know it's been like a wild ride. We what essentially happened was so after the first record, um, really nobody in the band wanted to stay in the band <laughs> um, except for me, and um, so Ethan um, left. Because Ethan was like an amazing guitar player, he was a really good guitar player, and he wanted to do something um, that was more like a kind of like a Badlands kind of album. He, he liked Jakey e. Lee, you know. He wanted yeah. to do something just more like guitar god rock, um, and, yeah, yeah. and you know that, that's really what he was all about. So he wanted to do that, and then you know Aaron and Mike wanted to go off and do something more in the vein of the Chili Peppers or something like that, and they they're all about that. So, you know, they, they, they went off and, and did another band. So then, you know, I was there <laughs> and um, they had kind of said, you know, you know, you can keep doing it, but we're out, you know? So we got a new band, you know, also guys from the neighborhood, Craig LeBlanc lived a few blocks away, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Eric Brun lived in Bayside, which was a little out of our, you know, comfort zone and the Dave was in Woodside, but still all Queens guys. And we had, like I said, we had the half-assed brass. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we continued with the second record and we had an EP in between, which actually I'm trying to get that re-released right now. But, um, um, and so we, you know, we, we did it all again, but with different guys. And that's always a tough sell because any of us, if you have a band you like, you know, you, you're attached to the guys in the band. So that was like a, that was a really interesting journey because we really were like starting all over again, you know, building chemistry, the whole thing. And, um, you know, that was a great experience and, you know, uh, and, and the record came out great, but it came out like, like I said, it came out right like in the middle of grunge era. And it was just like, you know, everybody was kind of like, yeah, a little, it's a little too late for this. You know what I mean? So that was kind of a disappointing experience. We still toured it. We still got a video up, um, you know, with my, 
find our happiness and stuff. And then uh, at the end of that, I get disappointed and I kind of was like, I'm going to retire. <laughs> at 25, I was going to retire with, you know, whatever money I had. I don't know. Um, and luckily, um, John Stewart, who you mentioned earlier, the show that he originally had on MTV, he got picked up uh, on Paramount and uh, there was some publishing dispute and they couldn't use the crawl. So I wrote music for his new show, which turned out to be a really good payday because it was syndicated. And, and uh, if that show had last, you know, <laughs> you'd never see me again. <laughs> I'd be living on an island somewhere. But um, so, you know, I made money and I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm checking out. I, I literally moved to Florida <laughs> to retire. And, uh, you know, so there was a big gap and I bounced around and was in California. And uh, when I came back, I, you know, uh, got together with the guys and we decided to put out new stuff. We did like reunion show and all this stuff. And then, then that kicked off like sort of the next, <laughs> the next phase of uh, the white trash thing, which kind of went all the way through, you know, and then COVID kind of put the brakes on it. So, um, you know, we're still doing stuff but like uh, uh we'll see how that goes going forward now do you, this is what i've always wondered about with with bands especially like i said with as catchy as your the, the first album was do you have like people that will like try to get like hey man i want this song for a movie or is people still coming at you for for trying to get it in films or tv or anything like that you know, we didn't have a lot of that. Like I said, the, the, the crawl was the one that wound up on the TV show. And then uh, I did uh, a, a different song for that. Um, I've done, like for a while I was working in film and video and stuff like that. And I've done music for, um, you know, films you, you, you'll never see. <laughs> you know, nothing really that famous or anything. Um, I think once or twice something came up, but it just never really materialized. But, you know, um, you know, we'd certainly be open to that, you know? Yeah. Cause I'm not gonna lie. I, I wrote a script for a movie years ago and there was one character and I wanted him when he pulled up in his car to be listening to the poor white trash. <laughs> and just, I thought that would have fit the character perfectly. And I was like, man, I was like, what if I should try to get a hold of him if I ever do make this movie? <laughs> Sorry, you broke up a little oh. bit, so I missed some of that. Okay, but, uh, uh, um, I had I had written a script. Um, it yeah. was a um, like kind of a, a slight coming of age movie, but the guy rolled up in a car, right. and the car he's going to be playing po, uh, po White Trash on <laughs> in like cool. a Camaro, and <laughs> I just I, I had that in yeah. my head when I wrote that when I wrote that scene. And I was That's like, awesome. Yeah. And I was like, man, I was like, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, if you make it. Yeah, I make it. I'll, I'll get a hold of you and I'll license. I get try to get a license from you. Um, oh yeah. With, with with white trash and with with the comeback and touring, um, I know I know a lot of people are having this issue because that the the money is is there just enough with touring to kick you down the road a little further is that is that an issue you run right. into yeah um 
Um, it's always an issue touring because, you know, people don't understand. You don't really make money touring. Like, um, you know, when in, when we were on uh, Electra, you know, in the contract, you got tour support because it, they viewed it as promotion. They, you know, they knew you're not going around in clubs to pay for, you know, vans or buses hotel rooms, you got to eat, you got to pay a road crew. That's, that all adds up really quick. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, you know, you can make some money off merch and stuff like that. But in those days, they would actually give you money like to go on the road. Like, so we were getting like per diems to be on the road, but the, we weren't really making enough on the road to sustain for months at a time the way we were. Um, nowadays, you know, the whole industry is different. You know, the record company's not giving you anything. They're taking everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're not, nothing's free like a record contract now you know they have these 360 deals they want everything you know so i that sucks because like honestly i would never do a deal like that but uh so touring you really have to look at it right and you you know you got to do the math like well you know if we do this and then you have a day or two in between like we're not making money that day right like you gotta book maybe some shithole somewhere just to get in there and get some money right and you know, everybody has seen some band they like in some dive, right, where there's not that many people or something. And it's kind of like a depressing thing if you're a band. You don't want to play those kind of shows, but they happen. You know what I mean? And it's part of the economics. you got to. So, you know, now guys go on the road. They, they have fans in each town that they can crash with or they're sleeping in the, the, the van sometimes because I, I don't think most of these guys got buses anymore. You know, that's expensive. You got to pay a driver gas what it is now so you know it's like the the fantasy of of the, being the rock star that existed you know for me growing up in the 70s and 80s that was a real thing that you could do and we got to do that for a little while it, it's much harder now but the guys who are dedicated to it and really love it and you can do it you know where there's a will there's a way to do it but gas is expensive it's 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 a real bitch you know oh yeah it i, I i'm not gonna lie i always wanted to see you guys live never got the chance personally um i live in the middle of bumfuck ohio so i mean i think the closest you ever came when i was younger was i think you came to cincinnati i might be wrong there but yeah we get we did, we did some place. I know we did Cincinnati. I know we did Cleveland, so I don't know where you are. Yeah, I'm, I'm – uh, if you put Cleveland and Cincinnati, I'm, like, right here. <laughs> right, right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So, it – I'm not going to lie. I think Fun Rock was – and it should still be a thing that, that, that just – not you know partying and stuff like that you know people are like oh this, you guys are getting too old for this but there's always time to have fun and i agree and i think when people and i get i got to this argument the other day because people are like and didn't you grow out of that i'm like why 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 would i grow out of that i i don't no, no, I hear because i mean you know you go to a show you want to have fun yeah well, I think, yeah, people get older and they, look, there's plenty of good serious music. So, you know, nobody's saying not to do that. 
But yeah, the parties. I mean, I guess you know the reality is it is true in a way that you know. I saw um, Motley Crue the five years ago, whatever it was, but they were touring with Poison or whatever, and uh, you know they did a good show. Um, but I was looking around. It was Nassau Coliseum out here, and I was looking around, and you're like, "Wow, the audience is so fucking old." And then you're like, I'm old. Like, we're all old. I'm not looking down on anybody. But I remember seeing Motley Crue at the same venue, Nassau Coliseum, when I was like 15. And I went with my Nikki Six lines on my face and spandex and hairspray. And I mean, that was insane. You know, I mean, hot girls everywhere. They were opening for Ozzy, you know, so the Bark at the Moon tour, you know, going to shows in those days, man. That was like, now to, I, I only go to shows now, like, if it's really someone like I really have a lot of respect for and, or somebody I just never got to see. And I'm like, man, I'd like to see that guy. Cause you go to shows, it's not that party atmosphere you're talking about. Like you kind of would have to come with your own crew of guys and everybody'd have to get liquored up <laughs> way before because you know, but, but it doesn't happen anymore. It's, it's a different vibe. Um, the rock and roll audience got much older and, um, you know, kids are not really, I mean, you know, I think a lot of kids do like rock music, uh, but that's not their scene. That's not what they do. You know what I mean? Yep. So you don't have that youthful, you know, show where girls are lifting their shirts up and everything like that. The closest I saw is we did the Monsters of Rock Cruise a few years ago, right before COVID hit. And that was a lot of fun. You know, that was a lot of fun. It was older folks, but, you know, they were still doing it and these people were committed to it and they go on that cruise every year and, you know, they hit all these festivals and their whole, you know, their whole year, they know that they're going to all these shows and they're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I loved playing in front of those guys. That, that was a lot of fun, but yeah, you know, you go to a, your local venue, it, it's, it's not a whole lot of fun anymore. I we, kind of avoid it. We, we have one venue and, 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 I, I go. I love. I still love going to see live shows, um, and it's funny because I, I tell people I was like, I went and seen um, King Crimson, and then what, a few weeks later, like a couple weeks later, I saw King. Yeah, I, I didn't know you were a Crimson guy. I'm a big King Crimson. Guy. Oh yeah. Well, my my, I got to take my 22 year old son who's got big into King Crimson, and I was like, man, I was like, I, I used to listen to this and play D and D back in the 80s. I was like, this is my thing, <laughs> right. And um, then a few weeks later, I went and seen uh, uh, Brett Michaels at this at this bar here in uh, Ohio. And I'd never been there before. My wife had been there. It's called JD Legends. Not paid nothing. Um, and it's a fun venue. It's it reminds me of the 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 you know the eight late eighties where people were were partying early nineties. Uh, it's it is an older crowd, so it's it's people you know my age up into their fifties and stuff, even in sixties. Uh, literally tomorrow, I'm going to that place and I'm going to see Firehouse and Lita Ford. So there you go. We had we had a place out here in Long Island uh, was the Crazy Donkey, and then we had Revolution. Those places are gone. You know, a lot of venues folded during mm -hmm. COVID. So so right now, I don't even know where you would see something like that by me and uh but i know around the country there's a lot of places that are still keeping that the dream alive and uh you know la is always kind of got pockets of that with the whiskey and stuff like that still going but new york there's not much of it 
there's really nowhere to do that anymore. I guess in Jersey, there's some places like thing bats and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, it's funny because uh, um, what was it when CBGB's closed? It was like really that that closed, huh? It doesn't seem like yeah. that'd be a thing that would happen. <laughs> I know. Well, you know the things with New York. I mean. New York's always going to be New York. New York's not going away. Like, you know what I mean? It's always going to be, to me, the greatest city in the world. You can, you know, everybody can have their own favorite city, but it's so different, you know, mm -hmm. and um, all the places I used to go when I would go into the city, they're gone, you know? So I, when I go in the city now, I'm almost like a little lost because I'm like, all right, well, you can't go record shopping, you know, all the dive bar kind of places that I used to hang out are gone. Uh, Really, you know, there are big music venues for big acts and stuff, but just kind of local music. It's not it's not really a scene for that there anymore, you know. So um, it's unfortunate, but, you know, times change. What can you do? I don't like I said, I, I said earlier, I was kidding. I'm the old man yelling at a cloud, but I'm not. You know, I sort of accept like, hey, you know, I'm old. <laughs> like, yeah. you, know, you start talking and then you realize like somebody's like, what's this old fucking guy talking about? And you're like, sorry. I'll just <laughs> I'll show myself out. <laughs> that, that's literally my business. I, I own a, a comic book store. That's my regular right. daily job. And uh, I'm sitting here because most of my clientele is either A, people my age, or kids fresh out of high school or in high school. So I'm like trying to, right. like, I'm explaining to them one time. They're like, why didn't you use it? Why didn't you call somebody? Well, like a car broke right. down. I'm like, well, we didn't have cell phones, so we had to walk 15 yeah. miles to do a payphone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a son who's nine, and I try to explain some of these things now. And it's like it just doesn't compute at all. Like, what do you, you didn't have an iPad. Like, you know, like, you know, how did you watch TV in the bathroom? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's just, you know, it's funny when you think back. But then there's trade-offs. Like, when we were kids... You, you know, you just go out of the house at some point and be like, I'll see you later, mom. And you, you could have gone anywhere, you know, oh, yeah. you, you, you could have found a dead body somewhere, you know, whatever. I mean, and you just came back hours later, you know, my kid, I can't, you know, nowadays you don't let kids do that because no, we're more aware of the kind of sick people are, you know, out there are so in like they don't really have the same kind of club thing going on it's like a lot of hanging out at people's houses and stuff like that and uh but then on the flip side right all the technology the cell phones the ipads and streaming and all that i mean it's it's hard to explain that like yeah, we didn't have any of that you know and then you realize i think i have the same conversation with my grandmother <laughs> like four yeah. years ago you know what i mean well, this, this is a compact disc. You can put... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't throw out that foil. We're going to save it. You know, yeah. depression error. Yeah. <laughs> See, all of this fits on all of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I got to ask you, are, are, what, what music are you listening to now? Um... You know, I'm always listening to different stuff. It's funny that you said King Crimson because I was just listening to them in the car. Um, I'm a big Crimson fan, big Adrian Blue fan. 
I wish they were still working together, but I've seen them each separately. Um, but I like, you know, there's new music I like too. Um, I don't know if you know Idols. I think they're really good. Um, there's some a cool band, uh, Electric Moon. Um, there's a lot of, I, I like new music. I like, I, I like all kinds of music. So um, I still listen sometimes to like older, you know, stuff, whether it's Aerosmith or something like that. But to me, good music is good music. So whether it's jazz, blues, I like a lot of blues and, you know, R&B stuff. Um, so I'm always searching for new stuff. You got any new recommendations? I'm always trying to find new music. I, I, uh, I, I rediscovered myself because uh, I grew up, like I said, in the 80s. And I loved, like, the movie soundtracks of the 80s. So, like, the, the oh. synthwave stuff. And I've just discovered all this yeah. new synthwave. And I'm like, man, this stuff's good. Uh, I, I don't know. Let's see. No, that's not it. Sorry. Uh, yeah. No, uh, well, that's... You listen to Goblin? Yes, I got... Hold on. <laughs> got the uh, Phenomenon soundtrack by... Uh, and uh, what else I got? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I got the uh, Sorry, breaking up on me oh, again. The Dawn of the Dead soundtrack or Day of the Dead? That Dawn of the Dead that that Goblin did. Um, I got uh, Carpenter Brute. Have you ever heard of them? No, I don't know them. They uh, go find. They do their uh, Leather Teeth. That was their album before. Um, Okay. It, it's even it's even made like it's a movie soundtrack. So it's oh. it, it's a movie soundtrack that to a movie that doesn't exist. So gotcha. Yeah. That's cool. I'll and, check that out. Um I'm also I, I'm a huge fan of the band Clutch. So yeah. anything anything they I put like out I, I jump on and uh I <sighs> I listen to pretty much, like I said, everything too. My, uh, I found some new, of all things, country like Sturgill Simpson. I found him recently. Yeah, that stuff was great. Um, went back, found some old stuff that I'd forgotten about, and uh, now I've just been, I don't know, trying to recollect some vinyl, um, some old stuff. I yeah, you know. Um, sound movie soundtracks because man, I, t I hate to say this, but man, when I'm editing my shows, uh, I put uh, yeah. uh, a movie soundtrack on and I'm editing, and it just takes you away. You just kind of sure, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I, I gotta ask though, are, are you with coming back and stuff, are you gonna be back on tour again soon? Well, right now, to be honest, we don't have like. Yeah. 100% full band. Um, some guys have jumped ship to do other things. Everybody's cool. It's not like, a, you know, one of those terrible breakup kind of things. But a lot of guys have other stuff going on right now. So, yeah, I mean, um, we had, we actually had last year a lot of shows that I was starting to line up. And uh, I was losing <laughs> players left and right. So I had to kind of shut that down. Um, but I am hopeful you know, I kind of owe some people some shows. <laughs> so uh, we're going to try to do that. Just trying to figure out everybody's schedule. 
And again, you know, it's a tricky thing because like I said before, you know, not really a big fan of like, you know, swapping out band members willy nilly. I mean, a lot of people do it now because it's just the reality of it. You know, people, people have health issues. People aren't playing music anymore. Um, So I always try to get as much of the original gang back together as possible. So, so we're working on that. We got, um, I'm going to be releasing, I I mentioned before, in between the first album and the second album, there was this EP that we Mm -hmm. put out and um, the label, again, it was a weird time. They, they kind of put it out, but they just viewed it as promotional material, but we had some songs on that that you can't get anywhere. So uh, we're going to put that out again, but with like a ton of uh, demos and unreleased stuff, some covers and stuff. So that's going to be like a, a cool release. I'm trying to get out by the end of the year. And then beyond that, um, we were working on a, a lot of new material. So we have like new material to put out too. So I'm trying to get everybody. It's always right now, post COVID has been like a nightmare for me to get anything done with these guys. Cause every, not because, you know, not blaming it on them. I just mean conflicting schedules and, um, and all that. So there's a lot of stuff I'm kind of going retro mode and I know people love the good old days. So I'm like, you know, why don't we try to re-release some of that stuff and get it out there. And, you know, um, we, on the second band, when we were trying to reestablish the band, like we recorded a lot of stuff, I realized. And I had COVID like a month ago and I was going through tapes and stuff. And I was like, I was like, oh, we got we got to put this on. We got to get some of this stuff out. So I got a lot of stuff that we're gonna put out. That, that you know, you're a fan of the old stuff. It, it'll be cool. Uh, I think there's even some live stuff maybe that we could throw in there. And uh, then we're gonna try to. I'm gonna see who I can pull in. <laughs> you know, it's like the Blues Brothers. It's like every you know when we did Monsters of Rock. I could. It was like insane because I was so psyched. I was like, this is gonna be so cool. We'll go on the boat. Everybody's like, nah, I don't know if I want to do it. I'm like, what? Like, what? You know, and then I started contacting other players. Like, I don't know if they're going to do it. I don't know if you want to do it. So, but then I was like, you know what? I got to do it. Blues Brothers was the basis of the band, the movie. Like, I'm going to live the movie, right? You know, so we got to get the band back together. I'm on a mission. I mean, you know, Ethan has passed away. And there's, so unfortunately, we couldn't get him, obviously. But the second guitar player, Craig, was there. We had the the entire original horn section, you know. Um, we couldn't get Mike because Mike Mike has a business and it was just hard for him to get away. And, um, you know, so we had this. It was like a mix of the first two bands and the original horn section. And it, it was great. It was great. And everybody was all together. And then, you know, we had COVID and we were all together in spirit, texting and whatever. The minute everything opened up, <laughs> see ya. You know, and again, I don't mean it like anybody's a dick or anything. I mean, just it's very hard to get anybody on the phone right now. So yep. I'm doing what I can do to keep uh, to keep the dream alive. So I'll do whatever I got to do to keep the dream alive. But I, I would, I would think I'm going to be able to get some people back in the mix. And uh, you know, it's same old, same old with white trash. Like you know, we might deviate a little bit but it's always the same formula and it's always about having fun and being different 
and uh, you know breaking the rules or whatever. <laughs> cool. Oh, and I appreciate the hell out of you coming on here. I do. Um, like I said, white trash. I, I love this band. I love. I, I mean, I greatly appreciate this. I appreciate it. And uh, like I said, I've even got the set. So if, if you put out a vinyl revinyl, I have to get that too. So I can put it in my collection and I can have the vinyl, the CD and the cassette. So. Yeah, no, I would, we were actually thinking about that because uh, there was a, a limited run of vinyl on the first record. Mm -hmm. So I have, a, I have the first album on vinyl, which was cool because then vinyl was done, but in Europe they were still pressing vinyl. So we have some vinyl. But I, a lot of people were seeking that record. So like, well, that was one of the ideas I had is like to re-release re the first two albums on vinyl. You know what I mean? Because I, I still use CDs, honestly. But And I, I, I thought it would be kind of cool to put an album out exclusively on vinyl and cassette. You know, no, you can't download it. Sorry, you got to buy the physical media, you know. Um, but... Um, We'll see. It, it takes so long to actually press vinyl, and it's so expensive right now. And yeah. anybody who's pressing vinyl, there's like a six-month delay on all that. Yeah. So it, it's kind of hard to do that right now, but that's something we got our eye on. You know, like double live trash. You know, oh, yeah. Seven, seven, well, <laughs> you I, know, like a cool 70s album that opens up, you know? Yeah. I can tell you, I, I ordered this one because it's Trick or Treat, the, the soundtrack yeah. on vinyl. And uh, I got it yeah. in July, uh, no, June of this year. Because <laughs> they were that yeah. far behind on pressing. Yeah, that, it, it, it's crazy because you would think, I, you know, that there's got to be a way to do that quicker. But well, I, I guess I, it's, I don't, I don't really know why it takes so long, but it does. I, I watched the thing and they were showing them doing it. And it's literally like the new stuff since it's so low print run it's one at a time it's like yeah i watched them doing it this one woman's running this machine and there she's you put the stickers on this little pile and it squeezes it out and then it yeah and they come over and they trim the stuff off the edge and it kicks it on down the road and i'm like yeah and, and yeah it's crazy so it is crazy you would think somebody like disc makers or somebody would get some old equipment or something but uh you know vinyl is cool as hell i always like cassettes cassettes are cheap and easy to make but very few people have cassette players you know what i mean yeah but uh just on principle i would like to make i mean i'd like to make them on eight track you know what i'm saying like let's go way back let's let's, let's release it on uh, singles on 78s you know what i'm eight. saying but uh, you know, you got to get real, and <laughs> I, mean, I got real <laughs> to real. It takes a lot of money to do all that. Yeah, I've still, I've still got a real to real player. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that, that was another one. You do a mix <laughs> on a real to real tape, and then it clicks and plays backwards, right? Yeah, the, the other side. Oh man! <laughs> oh, man. But um, like I said, I, I appreciate this. Um, this is cool for me. Like I said, I. I I've been a fan since 1991, and uh, I, I'm, you know, I, I will probably I'll be a fan till the day I die because I love that album. I mean, it's a, a f it it was thank you. It means a lot. It really does because um, when you make something like that, although years ago, you have no way of knowing that it's still going to exist all these years later. And and like for me 
there was 10, roughly 10 years of my life where I had nothing to do with music or white trash or anything. And I never like thought it would ever come up again. It was just like, you know, uh, yeah, that was something I did a long time ago. And when, and getting back into it and finding and talking to people like yourself and finding that there's people all around the planet that, that have the original album and, and, you know, some people discovering that, oh, wow, they, they have other songs and other albums and stuff. It's great. So I love it. So I'm dedicated. Uh, I'll be here 24-7 trying to keep it alive <laughs> because it means a lot to me. And it really means a lot to me um, what you said. I, it really does uh, make my day. Oh, I, I Like I said, I want to thank you. This, is, this has been, you know, one of the ones where there's a few people that I've wanted to interview. And you were one of them, and and the fact is, you know, I hate to say this, I found you on Facebook. Uh, we've we've chatted here and there over, you know, here and there over the years, and yeah. um, it's it's I, I appreciate the fact that you reach out and that you talk to people, and it's it's fun. Um, it's it's nice to know that that you know somebody that I love this album that you still you know are appreciative of the people who still love the albums and it, it does absolutely so i i thank you <laughs> hey we're all part of the white trash universe whitetrashuniverse.com the website you can listen to any all our music is on there for free to listen to and uh there hasn't been an update in a while because we haven't done much but there's stuff coming like i said old stuff, new stuff, and hopefully we'll get on the road again and, uh, you know, right. bang everybody's mom again. <laughs> <laughs> well, Not really. I'm married and I have a son. I'm just doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's having kids, man, is a crazy thing. And, and getting older, I have people look at me and they're like, man, I, I, you, you still party? I'm like, nah, man, I'm, God, hey man, Mary got four kids. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the whole other thing. I mean, you know, honestly, the you know, having a kid is the greatest thing. You know what I mean? You know, you make an album that's like giving birth. You know, and you customize it and whatever. But when you would, when a real person comes into the world and looks at you for guidance, that's that's you know the most important thing there is. Oh yeah. Is your kid got uh, you you uh, trying to get your kid into music or? Yeah, he has a band, um, the Howling Dogs, <laughs> and uh, he's he's very uh, he's influenced by Queen. Queen is his favorite band, not White Trash. <laughs> 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 but um, but um, he's he's come up on stage with the past few shows I've done. You know, he comes and I, I make sure to get him up on stage so we can feel that rush on stage and you know just have him do some backup vocals or jump around you know because it's a party and you know <laughs> there's no party like that like getting up on stage feeling it you know good or bad it's still it's a great experience so I'm, I'm glad i got to share that with him a few times that's awesome that is awesome well sir i'm not gonna tie you up too much longer and and uh i think the storm's finally coming into my area so my internet is not doing well um, All right. but I appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Um, like I said, means no, thank you. And, uh, and just let me know. And 
I'll keep watching your Facebook because uh, I'm waiting for this on vinyl. And <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, I, I kind of past year I haven't been on Facebook as much as I usually was, but I'm 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 making the effort to get back on there because, uh, like I said, there's a few things buzzing. So I'm gonna, you know, just anytime anybody reaches out, I get a message. You know, even if I'm not digging Facebook at the moment, that's the only reason I'm not on there. Sometimes the politics and all the the negativity. Yeah, I don't have room for that in my life, but uh, but I'm there, and if you if you message me, you'll hear back from me. <laughs> cool, and I'll get the news out as soon as I have it. Sweet, sweet. Uh, like I said, I appreciate it, and thank you so very much, sir, for being on here. Uh, and uh, I will. I'm probably going to listen to this now while I finish up editing my other shows. So, <laughs> all right, good man. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care, White man. Trash. White trash. <laughs> See. You.